Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you till 6 if you want to get in to 15-592-9494. Talking Eagles-Cowboys on the morning of Sunday Night Football. We do have to endure Chris Collinsworth tonight for uh three and a half uh, what do you think of collinsworth kyle uh you and, know i like i didn't that uh, that super bowl left kind of a bad taste in my mouth just because he seemed like he really wanted to see brady make the comeback i don't really like hate him people like hammer him for the little like quirks that he has like the set like here's a guy that yeah, kind of thing yeah. you know that's a good that was a pretty good impression yeah but he's like i don't think he's all that bad he's just Kind of a goofball. No, he's not that bad. He's just like, I don't know. His voice is a little annoying. I don't like that because he owns pro football focus, he like jams those stats down your throat yeah, all game. Yep. That's annoying. I'm with that, yeah. But him and Al Michaels, I think, are a pretty decent combo. Al Michaels is still pretty good. He's he not is. as yeah. good as he used to be. No. But he's still, like, he's not like Stockton level. No, no. Nobody is. Was, I mean, talk about falling off a cliff, man. That was Stockton was that was brutal. That was one of the most fun shows I've ever done. That <laughs> yeah. night after the Eagles Bears game when I Stockton think, made all those I think we came back from every segment oh. with one of his like one of his guests. We talked more about Stockton when we talked about yeah. the game that night. That was so it bad. was great. Um so hopefully we get some some good uh some good moments from Stockton in the future. Well, hopefully we don't, because hopefully he's not calling any more games. But uh, we'll see what Chris Hollinsworth has in store tomorrow night. Uh, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, give your thoughts on the game, your pick, and whether you have any concerns. Um, Because this has been, you know, uh, not an exciting Eagles-Cowboys week. It hasn't. You know, I'm not going to lie to you and drum up all the Eagles-Cowboys stuff, because it's not there this week, and that's okay. It just it's one of those weeks. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are bad. Eagles are bad. Eagles should win this game easily. And if they don't, if the Eagles lose tomorrow, you will I'll be enraged tomorrow night. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> um yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be here for that. Wait, I just I just found this one, which is great. <laughs> that is great. Uh, um, I guess those bullet points uh, weren't up there or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just somebody didn't fill them out. Poor Stockton. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Raphael in Vermont. What's up, Raphael? Hey guys, outstanding show. Thanks. Uh, I have to start by saying something. Carson Wentz, guys. I'm gonna start by telling you a story. I was watching last last week game between the New England Patriots and San Francisco. And the New England TV crew, after the game is over, the guy looked, the, the, the guy, he looked at the other one and said, well, if San Francisco is dumb enough to let 
Jimmy G goes, we will be happy to get him because this kid is special. Jimmy G? That's the New England TV crew will say that. So what I'm saying, people, I'm watching Philadelphia. Carson Wentz is putting together one of the best seasons of his life. That team without Carson Wentz will be fighting right now with people like the Cincinnati Bengals, like, uh, like Minnesota, those kind of teams. That team, everything that team is doing is Carson. And, and, and the good thing about him, this guy is demonstrating such a maturity this year because not only that team is garbage around him, he has to do everything by himself. The kid is even developing a running game now because every every part every offensive snap now he has to make sure that that team is second down and less than five, and he has to go get those yardage by himself because there's nobody around him. It's a bunch of people. The 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 right receiver. They are butterfingers. They are dropping ball left. Rafael, right. Rafael, though, that's not true. Like that's just I, not true. Like that was last year. There have not been many drops this year. There have there have been a few. Not not you know nearly as many as last year. Just not true. He's doing everything this year. But he's not. Him, your team will be worse than the Jets. Rafael, that's first of all that that is absurd. But he has turned the ball over eleven times. Is that acceptable? Because the Mohawks, they are running. They, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They are a bunch of people who, 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 who don't know what they're doing. Raphael, what, like, why do we make excuses for him all the time? Is he, has he had so you, so you don't think any of those turnovers have been his fault this year? None of them. They are, they are, they, some of them are because he has to press. Because if he doesn't do it, they are not where they're supposed to do. They are, the only difference about this kid is he's such a, a leader he doesn't go out there and fit his frustration. There are many games. There was a game where he put the television to win and the player made a mistake. The coach made a mistake. And he just stood there and looked at And you look at his eyes. He'd be like, good Lord, but he's a nice guy. That's, that's but, what makes him special. But and Raphael, guys, if you let him go, every team in the NFL will be are dying to get a man like this. Raphael, nobody's talking about letting him go. Like, there's a difference between criticizing a guy and saying we want him out of town. Nobody wants Carson Wentz to go. We just want him to stop turning the damn ball over. Hello? Yes, I'm listening to I'm just letting you finish your talk. No, no, I just said, no, Raphael, we we just want him to stop turning the ball over. That's all. Do you think he wants to turn the ball over? Why don't you ask those other morons to be where they're supposed to be, to do their job, not to be, I mean, it, 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 I'm watching that, I'm watching the game, and I feel sorry for the kid, because this is a guy who just got hurt last year, and, 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 and this year, is running by, is acting like he's Michael Vick, he's not Michael Vick, <laughs> not. but out of necessity, he has to do it, because if he doesn't do it, not only you guys in the media will be piling up on him, so that is forcing him to endanger his life in every game. Endangerous life. Raphael is a football world. player. He should. He is. Of course, he's endangering his life. Everybody goes on the field endangering their life. Their yeah, lives. but he's not supposed to be. He's not supposed to be the running back. He's not supposed to be those people. Supposed those, the, the, the offensive line supposed to give him time.
time to throw the ball. But those people are like switches, so he has to do everything by himself. The only reason you are where you are right now is because of that kid and that kid only. Take him out and you see what you have. We're not New York yet. I appreciate I appreciate it, Raviel. Thanks for the call. Good. I love the passion. I love the the energy. But these things are just not true. Like, and do I think everything that's going wrong with the offense this year is Carson Wentz's fault? No. Like, why can we not just recognize there are pros and there are cons? It's not like we can't make excuses forever. Last year, yeah, receivers were bad. There haven't been drops all over the field this year. Okay, there just haven't been. Carson Wentz is throwing the ball inaccurately uh, many times. Um, The offensive line, have they been great this year? No, there have been issues on the offensive line. But I don't think the offensive line has been this terrible unit, you know, week in, week out, that everybody says a lot of these issues are caused because Carson is holding the ball too long. If you watch that game on Thursday night, Teddy Bridgewater had no time all night long. Like, I'm talking about free rushers every single snap. The the heat that he got in that game was not as bad as the heat Carson's gotten, you know, or, or the heat Teddy Bridgewater got was worse than some of the heat Carson Wentz has gotten this year. And he's a fifth-year quarterback who has, has got to stop turning the ball over. Like, it's really... It's not that complicated. You know, is everything around him perfect? No. The receivers are young. They are developing. Or is the offensive line around him perfect? No. They are injured. They have guys playing up front who have not played that much football in the NFL. And, yeah, that is going to have an effect on the quarterback's play. I don't think it's... I think it's had more of an effect than it should on a fifth-year player like Carson Wentz. And... The ironic part of all this is, you know, some people look at me and and, and say you're a Carson Wentz hater. No, I think it's a, the exact opposite. I hold him to a higher standard because I know how good he can be. And he has not played up to the standard that I know he can play at. The standard of last December. The standard in 2017. Does part of that have to do with the guys around him? Sure. But I know he can be better than he's been. And I don't think the uh, standard we hold Carson Wentz to should be, well, who would they have that would do any better? Nobody's saying we want to take him out or put in Jalen Hurts. I just want him to play a full 60 minutes and stop turning over the football. I don't think that's that's an unreasonable request. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Johnny in South Philly. What's up, Johnny? Yo, Johnny. Johnny. Let's put Johnny on hold. Um, 215-592-9494. We'll talk to Johnny when we get back here. I do want to talk a little bit about some of the guys the Eagles have coming back. So we'll talk about that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 W. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. With you till six. If you want to get in 215 592 9494, talking about Eagles, Cowboys, um, big game 
coming up tonight. Everybody's excited for it. Uh, honestly, though, I, there's just not the same kind of buzz uh, this week because of situation the Cowboys are in or in the situation the Eagles are in. But um, I'm excited uh, to watch the Eagles on Sunday night because of some of the guys they're getting back. And, uh, you know, I I especially am interested in this offense. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes here. And also, um, we've been doing a little college football recap. We'll do that in the next segment for you. And also, I got to I got to do a TV update in the next segment uh, because I was talking about this with you last week, Kyle. Mm. Um, I binged season two of Fargo. Yeah, finished it. So, oh, I got I got to ask you a couple questions uh, in a, either a couple minutes or next okay. segment about what happened near the end there because there was one twist that got thrown in. It was amazing. Uh, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, so I, I I haven't seen it in a few years, but I'm, I'm going to try and refresh okay. my memory quick. All right, sounds good. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Johnny in South Philly. What's up, Johnny? Hello. Hello, Mr. Kelly. How are you this morning? Good. How are you? So far, so good. Listen, I'm going to go out on a limb mm-hmm. um, and make a nice prediction of a 52-10 to 10 win for the Philadelphia Eagles this week. 52 to night. What tonight? Two to ten, John. Settle down, just oh, a little bit. It's breakout time for Mister Wentz. I'm sorry, and I have a lot of cowboy friends, and I don't know who's listening, who's a cowboy <laughs> person, but they're going to be very upset with me by the time I get off this phone tonight. And the reason is, uh, no, see, he he has no receivers, and this Fulgham's the new Tommy McDonald. I go back to 1960 with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. And my first bet was Richie Lucas, Penn State, 1958. I was only 10 years old on Thanksgiving. There you go. And uh, no, I'm just trying to give a little history on me. And I just have this feeling, this gut reaction, that Carson Wentz is going to open up on these guys and show them a new, a new, new, whole new playbook these guys haven't seen before. And they stink. Their D-backs are terrible. They do, Johnny. I mean, I hope you're right. The Eagles are getting some of their weapons back. They're getting Rager back. They're getting Goddard back. I mean... They should. There's there's no excuse for the Eagles not putting up a lot of points. 52 is a lot, but... Oh, no, uh, no, no. I'm going to have a limb with that one, for real. All right. I'll be well, calling Angela Monday morning with that same prediction, St. Ange. How'd I do? You know what I mean here? Well, Dill, did you make the prediction <laughs> on Angela's co- uh, show last week? Did I call him last week? Yeah. No. Well, then, I mean, your prediction, you know, if 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 it doesn't happen, then, then you know... Well, I'm sorry. What did you say to me? Did I call him last week? Yeah, did you call him and make this prediction yet? No, not at all. Well, you no. can't make a prediction I'll the day it after the game. I'll make on your show, and I'll call him, and then I'll, I'm just almost the same state. Well, I can guarantee Angela's not listening right now. <laughs> oh, of course not, but right. I'll tell him what I have done tonight. Okay. Sounds good, Johnny. I appreciate it. And I'll put it. you on the pedestal to which you belong, Tommy Cal- Kelly. Kelly from the Irish Isle. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. I appreciate, right, appreciate the call. Thanks, man. Uh, you never know who's listening to this show. I actually had a weird... Um, I. Something that does not normally happen to me on Saturday. Me and my wife were out looking at cars because we're going to buy a, a new car. Um, obviously, that's why you get to look at cars, I guess. Uh, that didn't really need to be said. Nice deduction. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, we're, we're, we, right now we have one car between the two of us because we lived in the city for a while and didn't really need another one. So um, now out in the suburbs, we probably need a second car and, you know, we have a baby on the way, so we're getting something a little bigger. Um, but we are at the car dealership uh, about to take a test drive, so the guy needs to see our licenses. And he asked, he's like, Tom Kelly, he's like, you wouldn't happen to be the Tom Kelly on WIP, would you? 
Famous. And I'm like, wow, go. actually I am. That, that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Really? Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally, normally it doesn't. I feel like you're on here for enough hours in the overnight. For yeah, but not normally hours people are here. That's true. I guess with the, the, the common working man, 9 to 5, probably isn't up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, they're the you know the common working man is complaining about the Sunday night football games that I love so much. Yeah, the the common working man is the one that you trash all the time. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, but I am excited for this game on Sunday night, and uh, you know I'm really excited to see this offense because I you know last week I had said that I thought the two guys more than any that the Eagles really needed back were Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard. Like, Dallas Goddard at this point, let's face it, he's a better player than Zach Ertz. Like, all around. Um, as far as a pass catcher, what he did last year at the end of December, um, one of the, I think, guys who didn't get the credit he deserved for what the Eagles did at the end of last season, like, you know, obviously what Carson did was Tremendous, but we've talked so much about Carson taking all these practice guys on his shoulders last December, and in large part that's true, but he did have Dallas Goddard, and he went to Dallas Goddard quite a bit in December last year Um, because Ertz was out for a period of time, got hurt in the Cowboy game, Miles Sanders got hurt in that final Giants game, and Goddard was kind of the security blanket that there was, was there the entire time and stepped up big and... You know, you look at Dallas Goddard, not just as far as a pass catcher, but as a blocker. He is an elite blocking tight end in this league. And I think getting him back is going to be a massive boost for this offense. And the the addition of Rager is so important because it's an element to the Eagles offense that they've missed for so long. For so long. And we thought it was what Deshaun was going to provide when the Eagles brought him back in 2019. And he did for one game. That first game against the the Washington football team, which was not the football team at the time, but they're the football team now, when Deshaun scored two touchdowns, he stretched the field. He was able to provide that vertical threat that the Eagles have not had for a while now. But getting Jalen Rager back... He is going to be that guy for this offense. And you've seen it the last few weeks with Hightower. And just ask yourself, if if a guy like John Hightower, a fifth-round rookie, can have the kind of production and big plays that he's had, which he's missed a couple, but he's made some big plays over the last couple weeks, um, certainly made a big play to kind of jumpstart that Eagles comeback against the Giants, think about what Jalen Rager could do. Think about what you can do if you have Rager and Hightower on the field together. I can't remember the last time the Eagles have had two receivers with that kind of speed on the field at the same time. That's going to open everything up underneath for Ward and Fulgham and Goddard and Boston Scott out of the backfield. And it's going to make Carson Wentz's job a, a heck of a lot easier. So I'm really interested to see what the offense looks like with those two guys back. And, you know, the other part of it, when you have a guy come back from injury, which we talked a little bit about with Mike and South Philly earlier, is the Jason Peters factor. And I don't like the fact that Jason Peters is being reinserted in the starting lineup. Um, 
I actually got in a, uh, not in a fight, but an argument with a caller named JP last week that I had to make sure it wasn't Jason Peters. I was getting a little scared um, because I don't want to annoy. I, I don't want to to get the real Jason Peters. Man. The, the bodyguard would he'd come after you. Yeah. Um. Actually, I met Jason Peters the day after the Eagles beat the Vikings in the NFC Championship at Chickies and Pete's. He was there for his birthday that day. He was still injured. Um, but he gave me a handshake. I've never, I've never seen a man's hands that big. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. He's I, massive. Yeah, I actually. So I went to. I was at Tavern on Broad. I think it's closed now. But I was there on New Year's. Uh, oh, that place closed now. I think it is. Oh, yeah, and it was nice right around when we played Atlanta that season. And Chris Long, Bo Allen, and Jason Kelsey were all there. And I met them all. That was awesome. That oh, that's was, cool. Yeah, it was before we won the Super Bowl. I was like, "Go, you know, go birds!" Like, yeah. they're like, "Can I get a picture?" They're like, "Ah." You know. I uh, well, I, I, I mean, I've been out. I at Buffalo Billiards. I actually, uh, me and my friends were hanging out with Kelsey and Bo Allen. They're super, the super cool. They are dudes. really nice guys. I think they yeah. just like you know they knew there was a lot of people and it was you know I guess they didn't want to start a whole thing where everyone we going up and taking pictures i was like i understand you know but they were like you know super cool seem like they're down to earth dudes yeah no no they are they're they're really cool guys every everybody has a jason kelsey story like everybody's met jason kelsey somewhere um but uh the jason peters thing bothers me because you gotta have more of a long-term view here and not only like i personally think jordan malott is a better player than jason peters right now um but even for the sake of this conversation, if that weren't true, you got to get Jordan Malad these reps so he's ready to go in the future. And, you know, the example I'll use, and I, I think it's a decent one, is back in 2016, remember when Lane Johnson went out with that suspension and Big V had to come in and play and he was not very good. He struggled. He took his lumps. He had uh, the first game in Washington. Kerrigan destroyed him. Um, And in general, he did not play very well that year. But think about the learning experience that that was for a guy like Big V. And the following year, when Jason Peters goes down, and all of a sudden you need Big V to step in again. And in 2017, he was really good. And he did everything you needed him to do. And I don't think he's able to do that without that experience that he gets in 2016. Like, I, I, I just don't. I, and with a lot of young players, you can have them get reps in practice all you want. You can work with them on the practice field all you want. But they need to get that in-game experience. They need to be thrust into the fire, and they need to, you know, get those reps on the field in real time. And the fact that Jordan Malata is not going to be getting that now, why? So Jason Peters can can be maybe marginally better at that position? That's why we're going to stunt Jordan Malata's growth? It was the same theory I had going into this year, why I wanted Andre Dillard to start. And the same, you know premise exists with Jordan Malata, where Malata, Dillard, these are guys that theoretically they're only going to get better the more they play. Jason Peters is only going to get worse. Certainly not going to get better. Um, 
So I just think when you're looking at the long term here and you want to develop your young players, which I think should be a part of this season when we look at this team, yeah, we we want them to make the playoffs. They probably will make the playoffs, but realistically, I don't think anybody's looking at this as a Super Bowl you know, team now. Um, Jordan Mulata should be playing, and he should be getting any, any, any kind of rep he can, um, and he should uh, be getting all the snaps he can because you're likely going to need him next year, whether it's at starting a left tackle or as a swing tackle reserve behind Dillard and Lane Johnson. Um, so I just don't see the upside to starting Jason Peters, and I think the Eagles are making a mistake. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. When we get back, um, I want to give you my review of Fargo Season 2. This Fargo is a great show, and i I probably going to start Season 3 when I get home. Um, and we'll give you a little recap of the college football action on Saturday and uh, let you know what happened uh, amongst the bigger games in college football. Crazy day with a big brawl I saw down in the swamp. It's massive. The coaches were involved. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, an interesting moment in the Clemson game. We'll we'll try to get you this sound, too, uh, when we get back. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, Kyle and I just talking during the break about um TV show we both watch. I, I told you last week um, I had just finished season one of Fargo, uh, and I, 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 I loved it. It was tremendous. So I start watch season two, and I finished season two in a week. It was tremendous again, and... I don't know how I haven't heard more about this show in the past. Like I've heard rumblings about it, but it's never, it's not like a mainstream. It doesn't seem maybe because it's on FX. No. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I think it should be talked about like the breaking beds and I guess the game of Thrones when it was, it reminds me of breaking bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really well, well done like that. And the part of season one that I forgot to mention to you last week, Kyle, that, I, I thought was hilarious was that Dennis Reynolds is in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. That oh was my cracking God. He me was up. So good too. Dennis is great. <laughs> He's funny. Um, but I just finished season two, and it's just this show is just tremendous, and the acting is so good. Uh, Kirsten Dunst in season two. Yeah, just as an insane, just delusional <laughs> woman yeah. is unbelievable. Um, her Jesse Plemons playing her husband is great. Uh, I told you you kind of move off of Todd just a little bit. Yeah, but I I still can't shake the idea of Todd. And do you watch Black Mirror, Kyle? Uh, I've seen like the first few seasons of it. Okay, well he's also a very Toddish character. He's a very evil character in a Black Mirror episode that he's in. Yeah. So that's part of what he it should, is too. He should probably just stick to Todd type roles. Yeah. for the rest of his career. Um, and also, uh, and in that Black Mirror episode, he's the main character along with the woman who plays the cop's wife in season two. She's tremendous playing a, a cancer patient. And it just it's just a phenomenal show. Like, I don't know what else to say. And there was a twist toward the end of season two that I didn't see coming at all. Kyle, do you know the twist that I'm talking about? Uh, you might have to refresh my memory a little bit. It's been a while. 
There's just like a random appearance of a UFO out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that? I was not expecting that at all. Well, did you not see it kind of in the beginning of the of the season? No. Really? No. Oh, it was like after the uh, like the diner scene. Oh, yeah. There's like, yeah, there's UFOs. I'm going to have to must, look must back. Must have missed it. Yeah. I'm going to have to look back at that. Um, but, but I will. what I will say is that's kind of like a loose end a little bit. Okay. So the it, season. So it doesn't like, you know, there's no like real closure on that, right. so to speak. Um, But it's like, I, I don't want to give too much away because it's a, you know, you want to watch it for yourself. But it is a tremendous show and a show that does not get the kind of credit it deserves. No, it doesn't. And you know who else was awesome in uh in season two besides like you know Ted Dancing and whoever. Uh, Dan- I love Dancing. <laughs> he's great. Uh, but he's it's the same way as Todd. Whenever I see Dancing, I just think it's Dancing from Kirk, <laughs> and I'm expecting Larry to like yeah, pop out and yeah. them to argue about something. Um, but the guy who plays, I think his name's Hanzi, like the Native American guy, Westworld. Yes, he's in Westworld too. That dude's a beast. Yeah, and Hansi was a great, great character yeah. in Fargo. He was so good. I yeah, I still I guess uh, I I guess I kind of don't understand his motives. Uh, quite, I don't know. Well, I think like that's kind of the point is that he kind of was like I don't know. I think he's supposed to be like super mysterious and like he kind of I don't know is kind of figuring out what his motives are himself. Right. Yeah, and then at the end, I, I believe you see uh, another tie back to season one, where it's the the the, the, the deaf assassin. Yeah, I the, think that was him them. as a kid. It yeah. was. Yep. Yeah, but man, what a, if you haven't seen Fargo, I highly recommend it. It is a it's just a tremendous show, and a show that that I hasn't gotten the credit it deserves. Just I I, I didn't hear a ton about it. And it, it's great. It's it's as good a show as I've seen recently. There's another tie back to season one. So when Hansi meets meets that guy in the baseball field, like get his new identity. Uh huh. He becomes one of the guys that Lorne Malvo, who's played by Billy Bob Thornton in season one, has to is like assassinating off screen. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Man. It, yeah, it's cool stuff, it man. They, they throw those little Easter eggs in. Now, season three, uh, I guess they're, they're, I'm guessing there are ties back to other seasons. I don't know. Um, I don't really, I don't really remember too much about season three. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've watched like the whole thing. Right. Like, and I didn't watch them. I've watched one and two in succession and then waited for season three. So okay. like it kind of, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, yeah, I'll watch season three and then move on. But you've liked season four with Chris Rock? I do, yeah. I like it so far. I'm only a few episodes in, but it's uh, it's engaging like, you know, like Fargo is in the the first season. I like. Yeah. So I saw the first season. I was like, this is, like, incredible. Like, I don't know if season two, like, it could only fall off from here. And so I thought season two was just, about, it was almost just as good. Right. So, like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, you got to give it to, uh, I think his name's Noah Halley, who writes the show. Does a phenomenal job. Yeah, no, it it really is a, a great show. So I would suggest it uh, to anybody who hasn't seen it uh, because, like I said, it, you know, it's it it's not one of these mainstream shows that you seemingly hear a lot about, like Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. I've heard I'd heard about those for years, um, but not as much about Fargo. So Fargo, definitely check it out. It's 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 worth your time. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. 
9494. And now I'm going to give do a little college football recap here. Is, um, we've been trying to do that a little more on the Saturday night shows and looking at some of the uh, college games. Now, in the, uh, the top-ranked team, Clemson, obviously is dealing with issues this week. Trevor Lawrence, um, test positive for COVID-19. He is now out uh, for the foreseeable future, I guess. He's not playing against Notre Dame on Sunday, as Dabo Sweeney had said um, before the game. So they're playing the backup. They come back to win 34-28 over Boston College. But a real uh, interesting moment in this game, as Joe Tess, formerly of Monday Night Football, now calling obscure college games. Well, I guess Clemson BC is not obscure, but it's not a great game. Um, But Joe Tessitore, Calling that game and uh, very familiar with one of the players uh, on Boston College's team. So Aaron Bumeri on for the 40-yard field goal attempt. As they split out, Danny Dalton's a fake. Tessitore is under center. Four to two, and he got him to come off sides. John Tessitore came up and played quarterback at the last second, and they may get a first down out of this. How about that on fourth and two? That's pretty cool. Joe, uh, Joe Tessitore's son was the holder on the play. I guess he's a punter or, or something for BC, but he runs up the line. Uh, they run a fake, get Clemson to jump off sides. That's got to be a pretty cool mo- moment for Joe Tess. Yeah, well, especially because we said his son's like the holder, so he doesn't start, right. I guess. So, I mean, yeah, it's you're like, there you go. All and right. Against number one Clemson? Yeah, yeah right. It looked if like they, they could have won. Yeah, it looked like they were going to knock him off for a while. I was keeping one eye on that game. Going, going to these car, car dealerships, these are long processes, <laughs> man. I was there all afternoon. Is that now? Is that amplified due to COVID, or is it? No, it's just like you know, yeah. it's just a long process. But I was trying to keep an eye on that game that was on. Yeah. So now he said he's out for the Notre Dame game. Now with these college players i guess they're not like so eager to get them back right away because you know they're not really getting paid or what's the deal with that because nfl well, players it seems like they're just like yeah well now he's he'll, he should be back next week like this guy's well i think there are a two lot, games i think there are a lot of liability issues like yeah, right. i also don't understand how nick saban tests positive and then <laughs> immediately he's testing yeah, negative. What is going that, on that, that, i mean i just so think weird yeah i just i don't think nick saban was really uh, testing <laughs> negative. I, I I don't want to, you know, I, I probably shouldn't throw that out there. Yeah, the but tinfoil hat on it. Yeah, but I don't even think it's tinfoil hat. I think it's just <laughs> no, fact. Yeah. Um. But as for Nick Saban, Alabama crushes Mississippi State forty-one nothing at home. Not going great for Mike. Mike Leach had that initial win against LSU, and ever since then, it's been pretty bad for Mike Leach. <laughs> yeah, forty-one to nothing's uh Four, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not a fun time. Forty-one, nothing. Penn State. What a shame they lose again. Oh, that's what they deserve after <laughs> uh, after last week and blowing that Indiana game. They lose to Ohio State, thirty-eight twenty-five. Um, Ohio State number three in the country. Uh, I'm guessing Clemson probably drops the number three now after that BC loss. Justin Fields, dude's an absolute animal. Yeah. Is there any question he's the number two QB? No. And I, I think it, I mean I don't think there's any question at this point that Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are going to be three of the four teams in the playoff. It's just who's going to be number four. Yeah, and that's typically how it shakes out, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because even if Clemson 
Because if Clemson loses to Notre Dame without Lawrence and they win the rest of their games with Lawrence, they're not going to be kept out of the Final Four for that. No, they can't. Yeah, right. No, you're right, because they'll wait it with, right. with that in mind. And Yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know, with college it's, it's kind of weird because you lose one game and you're really like, you know, that kind of almost throws oh, your yeah. whole season. So they really needed that win against Boston College. It's part of what's pretty cool about college is, is you know, every game really is important. It is, yeah. I mean, you have to, like, go almost undefeated. Who Now, who was number four last year? Was it Georgia? Uh, it was, uh, oh, it was Oklahoma. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's yeah. our boy. Yep. Um, so uh, Notre Dame's got the road clear for them now. They're number four currently. Now get Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they beat Georgia Tech 31-13. Georgia's number five, not overly impressive. They sneak by Kentucky 14 to three. That was a low scoring game. It's an NFL score. Yeah. Uh and even low for NFL standards. It is, yeah. Actually, you know, whenever I see 14 to three, I don't know if oh, you'll uh, NFC championship. Yeah, yep. dude. That that was like one of the darkest days of my young Eagles fandom. Fourteen because that was wasn't that right after the fourth and twenty six game? It was. It was so it's after. like, you know, so now I, I, I know how Vikings fans felt after the Minnesota miracle just getting stomped coming yeah. to Philly. Like it's like the fourth and twenty six doesn't mean anything because of what they did the next week. Right. No, <laughs> oh, it, it was no. That that game definitely sticks with me as well. Um in the uh, uh, Big 12, Texas beats Oklahoma State 41-34 to in overtime. That's uh, – Oklahoma State is, like, exists to lose that game. <laughs> like, that's why they exist, to get ranked high and then lose a game that they should win. Yeah, I'm, this one I'm not too happy about because they were the last leg oh, no. in my six-leg parlay. Oh, no. I, don't, I, I can't even listen to gambling stuff right now. I'm on a bad <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, number seven, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's really good. They're just in a bad conference. Uh, they beat Memphis 49-10. to Texas A&M uh, is number eight. They beat Arkansas 42-31. Florida, there was a brawl down in the swamp. Here what happened in this game? Do you see this? Yeah, so do you know what hap- why the brawl? Like, so Kyle Trask just got, I mean, he launched one, stepped into a throw. There was a guy on him, and, I mean, th- this guy hit him like it was clear targeting helmet to helmet, just like rocked him. And, yeah, I, coaches were involved in the Dan, in That the damn fight. Mullen's a clown. That guy's such yeah, a clown. He's yeah. a joke. Uh, but Florida wins 41-17. Um, BYU beat Western Kentucky 41-10. to uh, Michigan State upset number 13 Michigan in the big house, 27-24. Congratulations, Ike. I know Ike was probably pretty fired up about that one. Uh, Virginia beat North Carolina 44-41. North Carolina was number 15. Virginia was unranked, so um, good win for Virginia. West Virginia crushed number 16 Kansas State 37-10, to uh, and that's pretty much all the big games for the day. Um Oklahoma crushed Texas Tech 62-28, and, man, Temple, they get rocked by Tulane uh, 38-3. Not not a good outing for the Temple Owls. Another observation, LSU is freaking terrible. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> they, they lost Joe Barrow, and that was it. For them, and, I guess. And Joe Brady. Well, you know what? They lost actually a lot. A lot of talent got drafted from that LSU team last year. Yeah. So, like, I guess uh, Chris Fulton, Patrick Queen. Right. Yeah. And Justin and, Jefferson and Barrow, yeah. Yeah. And, and that Joe Brady, that coordinator, was a yeah. big loss, too. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy the other night. And it's funny because um, yesterday was the, the five year anniversary of the 
uh, college game day being in Philly for Temple and Notre Dame, oh. which was a fun game to be at. Uh, Notre Dame fans are just the worst. Though. I was were I was still an usher at the link at that time, and Notre Dame fans were the most obnoxious fans to deal with ever. You, you know a good amount of Notre Dame fans because I don't. Oh yeah, really? that that stadium was half full of Notre Dame well, fans. I maybe know. I'm lucky then. But it was funny watching uh, the Thursday night game because for a brief period you had Matt Rule on the sidelines, PJ Walker throwing to Robbie Anderson, a full Temple reunion. And by the way. I don't know if anybody else agreed with me or saw what I saw the other night. I thought it was ridiculously irresponsible that Teddy Bridgewater went back in that game. He, he did when not he was look on the right. sideline. He was like, yeah, there was something up with his eyes. Like he he looked, yeah, he looked out of it. That wasn't cool. And and when, once he came back in, he did not look no. the same at all. God, He's no. slowly making decisions. Yeah. Um, I want and I wanted to see some PJ Walker. PJ Walker, honestly. he's a little electric. He wasn't that bad, uh, and I was I was so excited. I'm so excited when I'm watching that game, and then I'm like, who's their backup? And then I see PJ Walker. I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Carolina lost that game. That was uh bad bad loss for them at home to the Falcons. It looked like the Falcons were going to Falcon again. Yeah, but they were able to. <laughs> yeah, get, get what out was of it? Uh, Gurley Gurley ran out of bounds. Yeah. At the end of the game, what is his deal, dude? I mean, like, if if you play Madden, they got to bump his awareness down like twenty points. Oh yeah, no, it, it, terrible. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, Kyle and I will go through the lines. We'll do our week uh, eight preview uh, for NFL Sunday. We'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 